Hi, my name is Dr. Sarah Adams. I am a board-certified pediatrician, but I'm not your pediatrician. Feel free to use my podcast as helpful information, but in no way do I intend my podcast to replace the advice of your physician. Your physician knows you and is in the best position to provide medical advice. Hello and welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. I am thrilled to have a very special guest. Her name is Gina Jones, and she's a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and specialist in functional medicine. Gina holds a master's in clinical nutrition from Case Western Reserve University, and she's both academically and professionally trained through the Cleveland Clinic Foundation and is an alumnus of the Cleveland Clinic Foundation for Functional Medicine, which is a program I actually have participated um, myself. Though healing her own health, struggles with autoimmune disease, thyroid, and food intolerances, she found her passion in practicing functional medicine and nutrition. She's the owner of INW, and, um, where she provides individual nutrition care, as well as partners with other healthcare providers, companies, and patients to share her nutritional knowledge. She's also the founder of Crunchy Chicken, Cr- Crunchy Kitchen. <laughs> I must be thinking about ki- chicken today and uh, an allergen friendly food, uh, an allergen friendly food business where she's been able to combine her love of food and her nutrition expertise. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So would you mind defining what functional medicine is so that our listeners understand what what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I think the easiest way to describe what functional medicine is, is that it's the medicine of why. So instead of, you know, um, trying to cover up symptoms or doing band-aids over symptoms, we're really looking for why there's an issue and uncovering the root cause of what has created your symptoms so that we can get rid of that root cause and get patients feeling their best. So from a nutrition perspective, as a dietitian, I'm really helping my patients and clients um, uncover their root cause, but also feel their best using food and using lifestyle benefits as well. And I sometimes try to teach my patients, food is like medicine. It's either going to heal you or it's going to cause inflammation and give and you can you can have problems depending on what you're eating. And so I am really excited to share this with our listeners because it applies to both young children, adolescents, as well as adults. Of course. Yeah. And I think it's awesome to start kids when they're younger on this style because then it's just going to be really easy as they grow up. And the older they get, they're not going to have these symptoms that start to pop up randomly that we don't know where they came from because they've been nourishing their body and treating their body correctly the entire time. And, you know, a lot of times I say, hey, you know, what happens to our body really depends on what you put in from like your mouth all the way to the end. Absolutely. And so you mentioned something about gut health. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So gut health is a really interesting topic and it's something that you could probably spend several hours on at least, but gut health relates to your health overall. So if we have really poor gut health, meaning that the bacteria in our gut is not correct, or we have 
overgrowths of bacteria or infections, we're not going to be the healthiest human that we can be. So um, anything from people that are just starting to learn about gut health, there's things that you can do to optimize your current gut health. And then it also plays a role in people that have current health conditions or um, illnesses, autoimmune diseases. So we can actually support gut health to actually heal from those things too. So we can really look at it from both ends of the spectrum. And I'm excited to hear your thoughts on that. But in your bio, you mentioned that you became passionate about this because of your own story. Would you mind sharing that with us? Yeah, absolutely. So I was a kid that I think never really felt healthy all the time. Um, I played sports and I did all the normal things, but I never really felt great um, after a certain age, like maybe eight or 10. And as I got older, I started noticing more symptoms started popping up. And nobody ever told me to kind of look at my diet. It wasn't really one of those things that was talked about very often, especially when I was little, at least. Um, So I ended up getting diagnosed with a thyroid disorder called Hashimoto's, which is the autoimmune version, I'm sure you know, but the autoimmune version of a thyroid disease. And through that, the medications were not working for me. So I I became sensitive or allergic to the medications. So there really wasn't anything that I can do from a medical perspective at that point. But I was having terrible, terrible symptoms where I couldn't even get out of bed on most days and I couldn't do my normal activities. I had to take a medical leave of absence from work and it got really, really bad for a long period of time. And then I started going towards, okay, well, there has to be some things I can do and um, started with nutrition and started with lifestyle and really even before I got to the lifestyle stuff of working on stress and emotional things, I really just focused on my food. And within about eight months, um, without medication, I was actually feeling, you know, at least 80% better than I was. That's great. And I was already in the realm of starting to become a dietitian. And then um, that's kind of where my love of functional medicine happened. So through my own story of healing my own thyroid disorders and then being able to work for you know, Cleveland Clinic Center for Functional Medicine just really like solidified everything. And I've been able to not only help myself, but now literally thousands of clients. So give us an example of how either you've helped yourself or a patient. Yeah. So I think, you know, speaking personally is probably the easiest. But um, like I said, I started really off with with nutrition and went from eating a very processed food diet, a lot of fast food, um, you know, a lot of sugar and things that weren't necessarily good for my body, but I didn't know that. Um, and I kind of overhauled it and started with something really simple, like adding in juices and smoothies, because I didn't really know what else to do at that point. And then as I studied and became more knowledgeable, I was able to really concentrate on the nutrients that I needed. Um, and that was before I even saw a functional medicine doctor or provider later on. But um, I literally went from So if we're talking about thyroid disorders, I literally went from having a TSH of 28 when I was diagnosed, which is super high. It's very high. Yeah. It's, I think, the second highest I've ever seen in practice of any of my patients. Um, And then my thyroid antibodies were above 7,000, which is extremely high. And I went from having those high numbers and within six months having completely normal numbers, not the antibodies, but just thyroid levels, 
being normal within six months using just food. Just food. And some lifestyle, but mostly just food. And then when I realized, like, okay, this is really working and um, really focused on my functional nutrition background and kind of had a plan of how I wanted to work later on, um, it became a lot easier with with that vision. And then I was able to help, like I said, more more people. So um, I have everybody now from chronic illness, like gut disease, to a lot of thyroid patients. I have kids. So really just focusing on how can food be a benefit here? So instead of focusing on elimination of food, how are we going to like amplify your diet and make it better and more nutrient dense so that you're getting everything that you need so you can be healthy, like nourish your gut, but also nourish your body too. And what I like about that is that you talk to your patients, clients about what they get to eat instead of focusing on what they can't have. Exactly. Yes. So give me an example of an average day that you would recommend someone eat or do you go slow? Like, do you start the process slow and say, let's do this, 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 and then we'll go from there? It depends on the person. So I like to meet the patient where they're at, which I'm sure you do as well. And it really depends. So I'll give an example. I had one woman that, um, you know, she's let me share the story before, but I had one woman that was eating Halloween sized bags of candy daily. And she had a gut infection called candida where just like her body just craved the sugar and she had to feed the sugar. And instead of focusing on let's get rid of all these things, we really focused on, okay, let's add some vegetables into the day. Let's add some fruit. Let's add some protein. And then slowly as we treated the candida with the help of a practitioner, um, we her cravings lessened because we were treating the gut bacteria and she didn't feel the need to need to eat that sugar, that candy, because she was nourishing her body correctly and we were balancing the gut bacteria. So it's really about meeting the patient where they're at instead of just saying, okay, we can't eliminate this or we have to eliminate this. So um, it's a very nutrition to me is very individualized. So you can't do like a one size fits all. But I do think that everybody would benefit the more color and the more variety in your diet, the better. So I think there was some research that said we eat about the same 20 foods our entire lifetime. Like we don't really vary our diet. Sounds about right. Yeah, exactly. So if we vary the foods and the vegetables that we eat and the fruits that we eat, um, we're actually diversifying our, our gut bacteria, our microbiome, and that allows us to be healthier individuals overall. Now, the example that you gave about this uh, client that had the candida, which for our listeners is basically a yeast. Correct. It's a type of yeast. And um, th- by getting to the source and finding out exactly what was the cause, just like you said, the root cause, you were able to treat that as well as work with her on her diet. So that is so important versus just saying, do this, do this, do this. But you haven't really figured out what started it all. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I have a lot of clients that are like, it's just my willpower. I just need to be better. I just need to be good. Right. You've probably heard that a thousand times. And it's sometimes it's not about that. Sometimes it's about what's going on in your gut, like what is happening there that we need to actually pay attention to so that willpower isn't really an issue. It's about like what your body is actually digesting and absorbing and using. And treating each person individually is so important because when I see a patient who has 
childhood obesity or they're an adolescent and they they are obese. I never like using that word. I always right. I always kind of cringe a little and I'm definitely sensitive when I talk to patients about that. But they really could be doing everything they're supposed to do. Absolutely. And yet they're still not feeling better mm-hmm. or losing the weight that they need to. Right. But it Again, just like my other podcast, it really comes down to less about the weight, but feeling better. And I think sometimes people don't even realize how lousy they feel Mm -hmm. until they start eating better and then realize, wow, I feel so good. Yeah, I know for myself, if I have a weekend where, you know, I'm at a Browns game or doing something with friends. And I think, oh, okay, I'll go ahead and have some of those fried cheese curds right. <laughs> and friends, you know who you are. <laughs> so, and it was great. Tasted great when I was right. eating it, but I'll tell you the very next day I did not feel good. Right. Exactly. I always tell my patients, like just what you said, like the feeling better is the most important part. And the weight loss is like an added side effect. It's like a bonus, bonus, right? (laughs) So I have so many patients that they even forget about the number. And I really, I try not to focus on the number at all with my clients. I actually make them put their scales away. And um, I like that idea. Yeah, because we can get so focused on it. And I think we've been trained to be very focused on it. And um, really just focusing on how you're feeling instead. Like, okay, is your brain fog gone? Are you going to the bathroom every day now? Like, are you energetic? Do you feel rested when you wake up? Those are the things that create healthier habits and lifestyles longer term. It's not the number because we can get a number in a very unhealthy way and we don't want to do that. We want to really, you know, promote you feeling better. And like I said, the weight loss is just that added bonus at the end. (laughs) So functional medicine is finding the root cause analysis, but then also having a specific prescription with lack of a better term on how they can feel better. Absolutely. Yeah. Every client is very individualized in my practice. I do an entire one hour assessment with every individual and go over labs and we do gut testing to find out what's in their microbiome. And it's very individualized because, you know, even if I have a thyroid disease and I have another client that has a thyroid disease, the root cause may be different. So we might have the same illness or disease, but what triggered it can be very different. Um, so somebody's could be a toxicity issues and someone else's could be, you know, um, a post-traumatic stress disorder. So it's, they can be very different, um, on what has actually triggered those genetics to play a role. And even if a patient or a person has to be on medication, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean, and maybe the medication is helping with those levels you were talking about. So someone has their thyroid levels, for example, or if they're diabetic, their Mm -hmm. sugars are okay, but yet they're still not feeling good. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's still possible to feel better, even if you are taking medicine and, you know, the numbers look okay. I Mm -hmm. was just telling a medical student today when I was teaching, I said, you have to look at the patient because if you look at the numbers, but you don't look at the patient, you would think we're doing good. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Now, the the cool thing that can happen, though, is the goal in my mind would be that maybe that person gets off the medication eventually. Sure. Yeah. And and that would be, you know, really amazing. I mean, and I think of other examples, too, like reflux. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that. Common. Yeah, very common. Mm-hmm. And 
I would say probably at least 30% of what I see in my office has to do with a gastrointestinal mm. issue. And my challenge is always trying to figure out what is functional and what is organic. Right. But I I do feel that, you know, food plays such a big part in healing. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Um it's really interesting when you talk about reflux and digestive disorders too because um it can have like, for instance, if you have reflux, it could be from low acid in your stomach. It could be from high acid in your stomach, right? So really individualizing that because you're not going to give the same same medication to everybody, just like I wouldn't give the same you know diet prescription, like you said, to everyone. So I think for certain levels of people too, like once you get past um, you know the optimal or the normal range, so if we're talking about lab results and um, I always tell my patients normal is not always optimal, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're looking, you know, reflux is a little bit different, but if we go back to thyroid, um, somebody might feel really good at one number and somebody might feel really badly at another number. So really like kind of honing in on that specific person, like you mentioned, and making sure that that number is optimal for them. And then also it's okay if you're taking medication, that's fine. But if I see very commonly in my practice that, um, they don't always feel better on the medication. So they it may have fixed the numbers, at least remotely, but then they're not getting rid of the brain fog or the digestive issues or the fatigue. So that's kind of where the other stuff comes in. Like we have to nourish the body once again and figure everything else out. So um, the medication can't be helpful, of course, but I do have people that get off medication too. And I do you find it easy or difficult to work with other providers in that aspect? Because... I want to remind people, like, if you're on medication, yeah. you know, you need to you need to stay on it. It's important. But the suggestion is that if you are able to do some alternative mm-hmm. options by nutrition, you may eventually be able to work with your doctor to get off those medications or maybe a lower dose or maybe you even stay on it. But you know what? You feel so much better. Yeah, absolutely. Do you find that it is hard to work with other providers, like other doctors? Is there resistance sometimes? It depends on the on the doctor. Um, I would say most of the time, though, I actually get quite a few physician referrals to myself. So I have lots of really great, um, you know, working relationships with a lot of doctors in our area. Um, I would say, you know, sometimes there might be resistance if somebody doesn't know me. But I always tell my patients, like, for instance, I have a, quite a few diabetic patients, too, and I'm always telling them, as we make these diet changes, like send your doctor a my chart note, like stay in close contact with them because I, of course, am not going to like be able to do anything with your medication um, dosage, but tell them what we're doing, keep them in the loop so that they know like there might be some good positive changes here and we might need to adjust. And normally that's met with, you know, with happiness. <laughs> so. I would imagine. I, yeah. That's how I feel. I, as long as there's no harm, which right. there's no harm here, right. I think that that it is important. But I love the idea that you're helping patients also continue that communication. Because as a physician, a lot of times I say to myself, I don't know what I don't know. And so if if they're informed that, you know, you are making some changes and making progress, then it's a win-win. Exactly. Yeah. Because because then they can follow up and even learn themselves. Mm -hmm. I learn from specialists that I refer to all the time. Yeah, of course. And I think it's really nice to have those working relationships. But even with people that I don't 
have a, a close relationship with like a lot of my um, clients that will, you know, have PCPs monitoring their, their blood pressure medication or something like that. Um, you know, it works out really well because they'll see the positive changes and that, you know, is a positive for the patient, which we all want. I had um, a client recently and he was uh, classified as morbidly obese and he had high blood pressure and lipids were, were high and uh, diabetic. Um, so lots of issues that we could take care of with nutrition. And he was on a lot of medications, but working with myself, with a chiropractor and with um, his PCP, we were actually able to get him completely off of multiple medications wow. by just getting his blood sugar in order, getting the weight down a little bit. He was like sleeping better and his stress was lower and all of these things that really play a role into those lab results that doctors want to see too. So, um, and then once he saw that, you know, his doctor was jumping for joy that, you know, we were able to get all of these things in control for him. And, um, you know, it's really good to work as a team like that too. When I was able to participate and I participated in the Cleveland Clinic program as a patient, okay, not as a physician, mm -hmm. I learned so many tools just even about cooking. Yeah. So do you help your clients also learn how to cook? Because in my last podcast, I, I mentioned, look, it doesn't have to taste bad. You right. know, <laughs> when babies are born, they're automatically born with the ability to differentiate sweet, yeah. you know, and, and things that are kind of bitter, which we think about our vegetables that way. And mm -hmm. so tell me a little bit about how you counsel people on how to prepare foods. Yeah. So I used to do a little bit more of that. Um, previously when I was still had like an office, but I still give them a lot of resources and recipes. And I find that um, most people need something quick, fast, easy, like things that are, you're not going to be in the kitchen forever. Right. And when I started 10 years ago doing what I need to do to heal my thyroid, I felt like I was, I didn't feel good enough to be in the kitchen all the time. And That's I all, a good point. Yeah. And you're like, if you're going to be in the kitchen, all the, like if you're going to be up, like you don't want to be in the kitchen the whole time. You want to be do some, doing something else probably. Right. So I give my clients a lot of like what I call like healthier, like almost pre-made foods that you can buy that are still healthy. So I differentiate the difference between processed food and packaged food a lot. Excellent. So give, if you don't mind, give me an example because that yeah. sounds really helpful. Yeah. So processed food would be if we think of things that um, come in a box or a package that are lots of ingredients, lots of um, like emulsifiers and additives and dyes and colors and these things that are not found in nature. But then we have packaged products like, you know, pureed pumpkin or, um, you know, brown rice or those types of things that have gone through a process to get to you but are not necessarily a processed food. So you can read all of the ingredients on the label. You know what they are. You know where they came from. They're whole food, real ingredients. And and I tried to tell patients, too, when you're reading a label, for mm -hmm. example, the first five ingredients are going to be you know, what you see more. And honestly, if it's more than five ingredients, you have to really start to question yours. <laughs> right. You know, what are you eating? Like you said, with the right. process, there's more added to it. Mm -hmm. And I also recommend that they look to see where sugar is listed. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, actually. So that's really interesting that you brought that up because I just read an article that they might be changing that and it hasn't been definite yet. I'm not sure if you saw that yet, but um, with the USDA, they're they might not make it mandatory to list your ingredients in order anymore. 
Oh, that now that's disappointing. But <laughs> right. so, how would you recommend people look at it then, if yeah. it, if it isn't? Because I, you know, it, I know, and I try to teach people if sugar's in the first three to mm-hmm. five ingredients, there's a lot of sugar in there. Right. So if they if if let's say they don't have the opportunity to look, how can you tell the difference between what's uh, healthy sugar versus uh, you know something that's not so healthy? Yeah, I always say like the more nutritive. Sugars would be like honey and maple syrup. And then some other ones that I like are stevia and monk fruit extract. Um, If you're getting into like a lot of like the processed white sugars and cane sugars and agave, those are going to make your blood sugar jump a little bit more. So um, if if your goal is to not have a lot of those in your diet, just choosing whole um, whole foods, basically whole real foods that are not going to have that in there most of the time. So you're not you're going to not avoid that sometimes and there's going to be a little bit of added sugar here and there. But just minimize those products if the best that you can. Um, because sugar we know can cause more inflammation, it can cause some more gut and yeast issues. But yeah, I think just make good choices most of the time and most healthy people should be fine with that. Do you find too that the types of oils, for example, I like to promote healthy fats. Yeah. In kids' diets specifically, and I try to also teach them a little bit about protein, Mm -hmm. and I'll say, limit what you eat that has four legs, Mm -hmm. and so that children can understand it, and then Mm -hmm. two legs with skin, but the healthier type of protein for you is the protein that has no skin, and so... It gives them an idea of kind of like, okay, this these are the different things that I can I can try. But what about and that's talking about protein, but talking about healthy fats, mm-hmm. give us some example of some healthy fats and some fats to avoid. So healthy fats are going to be like avocados, nuts, seeds, olive oil, um, avocado oil, even some coconut products occasionally. Um some unhealthy fats are going to be like your really like deep fried foods along with fast foods. So those trans fats that we're finding in a lot of fast foods. Um, other than that, I think if you're keeping it to plant based um, fats, most of the time, those are really good, easy things to add in for kids too. So I know my daughter loves, even eggs can be considered a fat too, but um, like my daughter loves to put avocado, like avocado toast with an egg on it or something like that, where you're getting a lot of nutrients in it. But um, you're still adding a little bit of healthy fat to help their brain grow and and to help them with with growth overall. And you had mentioned to me when we spoke before the podcast Mm -hmm. that you also helped your daughter. Yeah. So when she was my oldest daughter, when she was five, she had a gut issue where the end, you know, probably since birth, honestly. And um, I was always told, don't worry about it. She'll grow out of it. She'll be fine. But she was having these stomach aches that were nonstop every single day, and nobody could figure out what was going on with her. So um, through functional medicine, and we did GI testing on her because everybody else that we saw said, she's okay as far as we can tell. Um, So we did the GI test, and we found out that she probably had some like SIBO, which is small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. And we were able to basically, her nutrients weren't super great. So we repleted some of the nutrients that she was missing. And this was a child that ate healthy her entire life too. So this can happen to even dietitian kids, right? Um, so we repleted her nutrients and we worked on healing her gut. And, you know, now she can eat all the foods that she wants to eat. And, you know, 
we were able to support that so that she didn't have to have stomach aches every day. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. What what exactly is the gastrointestinal testing? Yeah, so it is a stool test. So you have to collect the stool at home and you send it to a third-party company and they check for about two pages worth of parasites. They check for all of the different bacteria that are in your gut, inflammatory markers, uh, metabolic markers, how you're getting rid of estrogen. So quite a bit of stuff. And then you can kind of go through that and see maybe what bacteria is off. Is, is there yeast? And um, can be very, very beneficial. And, and most healthcare practitioners can order it. It sounds really easy to do and non-invasive. Yeah, exactly. That's what I like because everybody, especially kids, are, is, that, is it a shot? Is it a blood test? So that mm-hmm. sounds really easy to do. Yeah, there's that one. And I love there's a nutrient test for kids that uses urine. And I love it because so many kids that I work with they don't want to go get a blood test. And I, I understand that that's like scary as a, as a little kid. And these ones work out really well, too, to do like the stool test and the urine test together because you can see how they're absorbing and digesting their nutrients. But then also um, on the nutrient and like what they actually have in their system and what type of supplements they may need or what you need to work on there, too. So you find out what the root cause is mm-hmm. and then you find out where their needs are and you kind of put it all together. Exactly. Wow, that sounds amazing. I have really enjoyed our time together. Me too. But I just want to know anything else you want to share with our audience before we wrap it up? Yeah, so I mean, I focus mostly on women's health and thyroid disorders and and gut health. So um, I have a free offer that I am going to, uh, that you'll be able to link. And it's all about how to help heal your gut while also helping your thyroid. Um, So, so many women have thyroid disorders and um, yeah, I think that'll be very beneficial. Even if you don't have thyroid disorders, that'll be really beneficial to help just kind of get started on the gut healing process. Well, I know even from my, my own story and the stories of my own patients, it's amazing how much you do feel better. Mm -hmm. And I, I love the idea of how you test it and, um, and your approach. So thank you so much. I hope you'll come back and talk to me more about this in the future. Thank you for having me.